Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode with Journey Through the Years, My Life Living at CP. I am Daniel Oaks. Hope you all are having a good morning today. In this episode, I will be discussing what it is like going through a surgery and how I dealt with the mental trials as much as I did physical. You see, for me, going through a surgery and a hospital visit is just as much, if not more, mental than it is physical. You know, those long nights in the hospital. The unknown. Just everything about it. I will be going through tips, or at least what I did, to keep myself occupied and keep myself positive. So... I hope you enjoy. First off, I remember when my doctor told me I was going to have to have a surgery. I'm talking about my most recent one. Because it's the one that I can pretty much remember. He told me, he said it was either have this surgery or you will be in a wheelchair because your walking will get so bad that you can't walk. For me, I was like, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. Let me just have the surgery and I'll work as hard as I have to to get back. I knew it was going to be tough. They went in and they moved my kneecaps up. And they cut my femurs and they rotated them. So it was almost like two operations for the price of one. So, I spent as much time with my family as I could, and, you know, enjoyed every minute leading up to the surgery. I would have questions pop into my head, like, what if this doesn't go right? What if this doesn't work? Those sort of things. But, then I started to ask myself, you know, What could I become because of this surgery? What if it works super well and I'm able to improve my life? See, instead of having a glass half-empty attitude, I started to go in there with the glasses half-full. Now, it's, it's pretty hard to say You know, the type of things that'll come into your head before a surgery. But I just prayed every day. You know, I just did what I could to control what I could. I knew that I had a good team of doctors going into it. I knew I had a good group of family and friends who were going to do anything they could to help me out. Even when it got hard, I knew that you know I could count on them. And then the day of the surgery arrived. We get in there, you know, it's when it starts really to begin to feel real. You know, this whole time you're wondering, was it a dream? Was this real? That sort of thing.
So, then, you know, it's early in the morning. We get into the hospital. They check us in and everything. Do what we have to do. And I just laughed and I joked with my family. I had a couple people who were close to me there. You know, the doctors and the nurses were very helpful in keeping it positive and upbeat. It's pretty pretty hard to stay positive whenever you know that you're going to have one of the biggest surgeries of your life. And through it all, I just kept my mind focused on what made me happy, you know, being there with my family. Just laughing, smiling. Talking about almost anything but the surgery until the time came. So then they told us it's time to go to the pre-op room. So there they get you in your gown. They start to get you on the bed and everything. And you're still there with your family. We just had family bonding time at that moment. My mom and my dad. You know, we... Even though they couldn't be there with me physically through the whole process, I knew they would do everything in their power to be there and do whatever I needed afterward. So that really made it a little easier. And, you know, I... Once again, I prayed, you know, I prayed that the surgery went well, that I had the strength to get through it, even when it got tough, and I just went with the flow. I know that it's easier said than done, trust me. But you got to put trust in your doctors. Have faith that they know what they're doing. And just go with punches, really. You know, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. And that goes back to me you know, trying to keep a positive attitude about everything. Like, you know, yes, you know, I told mom and dad I loved them, which, you know, always. But I tried to remain calm because I knew that that's what they needed. You know, it's not easy, and they've told me this. You know, having your son go through a surgery, son, daughter, whatever, go through a surgery. But... I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, everything will be okay. The doctors know what they're doing. And I'll be just fine. You know, even if I was scared and I was worried, which I was a little bit. You know, I just wanted to make sure that my parents knew that I had faith that everything was going to be okay. So then it's they took us they took me down a hallway. My parents were with me. 
But at a certain point, they told my parents, you know, you can't go any further. You know, give them a hug, give them a kiss. Do what you have to do. So, I talked to my dad, and he, he told me it was the hardest part, you know, having to send your son into pretty much the unknown. And there's nothing you could do except pray and hope that everything will be okay. And once again, I reassured him that everything would be just fine. And that journey going down the hallway, that seems to take forever. Whether, you know, seems to be endless because everything starts popping in your head again. Like, this is it. You know, there's no turning back. You know, the doctors were talking to me the whole way down there. Like, everything is going to be just fine. Trust us, you know. You're in good hands. And the thing about it, too, I'd like to bring up here is to make it a little more, in, like, easygoing, I should say, bring a little pizza home with you. Whether it be a stuffed animal like I did. I brought a little stuffed animal I've had with me for all my surgeries. You know? Anything like that. A blanket. You know? It helps. Maybe not completely, but it helps a little bit. And, you know, we got to the point where, you know, I was like, I'm ready. Let's do this. And I, we went into the operating room, and the nurses and doctors were still, you know, very nice. They were kind. They were making sure that I was comfortable, you know. And they just kept my mind off of things. They kept, you know, asking how my morning was. They asked me, are you ready? You know, just... Things to keep my mind off of what was about to happen. And they were very, very helpful in keeping me calm. And I remember as I was getting ready to be put under, the nurse asked me if I had anything to say. I said, well, just don't cut my mustache, you know, that sort of thing. And they all started laughing. So that sort of thing kind of made me feel, you know, less, less scared about the whole thing, I should say. Now, I also realized that I could take a nap. So that was a win. And for me, when I woke up from the surgery, I remember being in my hospital bed and, you know, friends and family were all around me. And, you know, just them being there, them telling me that I did great. You know, they're so proud of me for getting through it. And just being there to support me really helped a lot. You know, one thing about staying in a hospital room is the first few days are pretty normal. Then you start to get bored. 
So you might bring a board game. You might ask if I have any activities that you could do in the room. Like, they let me play video games. They let me watch TV. They, you know, stuff like that. And I remember one time getting so bored. Me and my mom were in there. We were so bored that I told her, I asked her, I said, I wonder how tall you are. And I pointed to a little um, little height measuring thing they have on the door. So she went and she stood underneath it. And we kind of laughed and joked about that. And, you know, it it's really all you can do to keep yourself occupied is just keep doing things. You know, I... The hardest part about it was I couldn't get up and I couldn't physically go use the restroom. That was the most difficult thing for me. And I couldn't take a shower whenever I wanted to. So having to rely on family and your nurses through that time. And just keeping the mood positive really helps. You know, it's it's one thing to, you know, say that you're going to be there. And it's one thing to... There's, there's a difference between, you know, wanting to help and... Or, there's a difference between asking for help and wanting to do something on your own. See, I really wasn't the type of person to ask much of anybody. You know, I wanted to do everything independently. But at the same time, I realized that I had to, you know... Let other people help me. And I wasn't afraid after a certain point. Not only that I was afraid to ask for help, but it wasn't as hard. Finally, you know, they said I can go home. And the best part about coming home from the hospital is sleeping in your own bed. You know. Granted, it doesn't lean back and raise up, but it's home. And Dorothy said it right when there's when she said there's no place like home. You know, I couldn't go to bed, really, though, because in the hospital they'd wake you up every hour to two hours. I know because I stayed up late one night to see how long it took. And took them an hour they'd wake you up every hour or so to check on you and everything but so I would stay up all night and I'd watch like TV like Netflix or something and then I'd go to bed at 10 in the morning and that hap- that lasted about 3-4 weeks maybe 
then, you know, things just kept continuing on. One of the fears I had was getting the scars wet. I know that sounds silly, but, like, they write on it with marker. And then it all dries up and everything. So it looks brutal. And, you know, not being able to wash myself really was the hardest part. So just asking for help again. I know I keep going to that too, but, you know, just family was there to help me. And when I went to school the first couple days before I started my PT, I was honest with my teachers. I said, listen, if you have any work for me, send it my way. I'll do the best I can with it. One of my teachers, actually all my teachers, but one in particular, she said, you know, you got a big pile of work because you're going to be gone, but your health comes first. Do it when you can, you know. I'm not not rushing you. And that really made me feel comfortable until I got stuck in the elevator leaving the school. Yeah. I got stuck in my rental wheelchair from the hospital, the loaner they give you. In the elevator. Thank goodness the school got me out in like 10 minutes. And then, you know, I started PT. You know, and it hurt. First few days hurt. Actually, pretty much every day up to a certain point. But I knew that I wasn't going to let all the work that my doctors did... And all the things that I had to go through. I knew that I wasn't going to let that go to waste. You know, I... The little things, like when I was able to start bending my knee again. That's really what the driving force behind that was. was like the little victories. The little milestones. It's like a little toddler learning to walk again. That's really what it was. You know, when I first stood up and I realized how tall I was, I was taller. They said I grew six inches just because of the surgery, which still amazes me. But, you know, it it's, I'm trying to find the right word here. It's, it's all in your head, really. I know it physically hurts. But if you try to take some, do something to distract your mind off the pain, and just think, you know, like if I do this, I could get this, that sort of thing. Like, take it one day at a time, trust the process, and just honestly, you gotta have fun with it too. You know, yeah. You gotta try. To find ways to make fun. Like, to make things fun. And, you know, I had a couple days where it it sucked. But I remember after every therapy session going into uh, this family room. In this family room, you know, that's where parents, grandparents, whatnot, of a child who comes in for PT, 
sits. And there was this one family. You know, there's many other, you know, good friends that I met throughout that whole process. But one in particular, this little boy, a kid named Jonathan Perot. Now, to my knowledge, Jonathan and his family were involved in a head-on car accident with a semi. And I might be wrong here, but Jonathan lost a whole portion of his brain, or most of it. can't remember if it was the left or right. But, and that boy... Every day, he would see me, and he would cheer me on, because he, you know, he wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to quit. And he was one of the first ones to tell me congratulations. We'd almost feed off each other, like, I'd see how hard he had to work to go through things at his age. You know, and it would make me realize that, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. And just stuff like that. And I bring Jonathan up because yesterday he had a skull cap or a skull flap replaced because he's not so little anymore. He's nine years old and he's growing. And so it. It's a difficult surgery. You know, anytime you're dealing with the brain and that sort of thing, it's hard. But, Jonathan, I just wanted you to to know that I think that you're a trooper. You're, You're very motivated in that you're not gonna let a certain situation stop you from having fun. You know, you're not you're not going to give up because something is difficult. And I know at your young age that's hard to understand, but trust me when I say all heroes don't wear capes. Buddy, you're my hero. One of them. But you've taught me so much about not giving up, about perseverance, about staying, staying positive when things get rough. Most importantly, about how to enjoy life and have fun. You know, that's one thing that people need to understand is that fun can always be found in certain situations. So, Jonathan, I hope you're doing well. I miss you. You're a trooper. Because mom, Sabrina, keep strong. You know, we're all here for you. And, uh, just, I miss you, buddy. And, and with that, I'm getting ready to wrap up this episode. But I'd also like to give a shout out to. Caleb. Now, Caleb has CP, and 
he is getting ready to have a hip surgery. Now, that hip surgery's on the verge of, you know, it's a difficult surgery. You know, Caleb plays wheelchair basketball. And he's a little concerned about if it'll keep him from playing wheelchair basketball. But I'll tell you what, Caleb, you battle hard like you have on that basketball court, you'll be back in no time. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope that this sheds light on a hospital visit and that it makes the experience a little more relatable and less scary and intimidating. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you for listening and have a great day.